1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500
2: Tonight, from Atlanta, the final farewell to civil rights icon John Lewis becomes a battle cry to revitalize a movement and urge people to vote. Three former presidents come to America's Freedom Church to say goodbye to a warrior. John Lewis
3: will be a founding father of that fuller, fairer,
2: better america and former president obama had a blunt message aimed at president trump there are those in power who are doing their darndest
3: to discourage people from voting
2: tonight we hear from lewis himself the final message he saved just for this day another deadly day in america Florida breaking its coronavirus death toll record for the third day in a row. Let me, let me Former Republican presidential candidate Herman Kane dies of COVID-19 a little over a month after he attended a Trump rally in Tulsa. The U.S. economy craters, a key indicator plunging by nearly 33 percent, the steepest quarterly dive on record. And that $600 federal boost is about to run out with no relief deal in sight. On the heels of that dire economic report and sinking poll numbers, President Trump tonight floating the idea of delaying the presidential election. Members of his own party saying not so fast. Breaking news, a possible hurricane could target Florida this weekend and the East Coast early next week. The new projected track just in. And finally, the remarkable love story of John and Lillian Lewis.
1: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting tonight from Atlanta.
2: Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this historic night here in Atlanta, the longtime home of civil rights icon John Lewis. We're standing in front of the Ebenezer Baptist Church, where today, former presidents, the Speaker of the House, and friends and family all came together to say goodbye. The senior pastor here called Lewis a true American patriot who loved America until America learned to love him back. Three former presidents spoke, but it was President Obama who delivered a rousing eulogy, using the moment to speak to the cause of John Lewis's life, voting rights, saying those in power are trying to discourage voting. And that appeared to be a direct response to President Trump, who floated the idea today of delaying November's election, something he doesn't even have the power to do. Well, tonight, there's also a reminder of the surge of cases of coronavirus nationwide. For the third night in a row, Florida has broken a record for deaths in a single day. The virus is also hitting home for the president. Herman Cain, one of his staunchest supporters, and a former Republican presidential candidate, has died from COVID-19, six weeks after attending a packed rally for the president. Well, as we come on the air, more than 151,000 people have been killed by the virus here in the U.S., and there are more than 4 million confirmed cases nationwide. It all comes as the American economy suffered another crushing blow today. The GDP dropped nearly 10 percent, falling at its fastest pace in history. Well, there's a lot to get to tonight. We have a team of correspondents covering all the news. And we're going to begin here in Atlanta with CBS's Michelle Miller. Good evening, Michelle.
4: Nora, John Robert Lewis served this community for more than three decades. And in this homegoing service, it was a reflection of his years of service. He was willing to fight in the struggle. A celebration of life. He was
3: willing to get good
4: For a man dedicated to justice.
3: He loved America until America learned how to love him back. We celebrate John Lewis.
4: Congressman John Robert Lewis, his casket draped in the American flag, returned to Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church, the place where he worshipped with his mentor, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., King's daughter, the Reverend Bernice King. We
5: praise you, oh God, for this nonviolent warrior who fought for true peace, which daddy taught us is not merely the absence of tension, but the presence of justice. As
6: hundreds watched outside, inside,
4: former presidents paid tribute.
6: We live in a better and nobler country today because of John Lewis.
4: We honor our friend. And America's first black president delivered his eulogy.
3: America was built by people like them. At the ripe old age of 25, John was asked to lead the march from Selma to Montgomery. He was warned that Governor Wallace had ordered troopers to use violence. Bull Connor may be gone, but today we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black Americans. George Wallace may be gone, but We can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators.
4: Obama called on Congress to strengthen the Voting Rights Act that Lewis fought for nearly six decades ago. You want to honor John? Let's honor him
3: by revitalizing the law that he was willing to die for.
4: In the front row, Lewis's only child, John Miles, wiped away tears as friends and family remembered him. He truly made an impact, not just on America, but on the world. John Lewis was my hero, my friends. Let's honor him by getting in good trouble. In an essay he wrote before he died, printed in today's New York Times, it was Lewis himself who had the last word. Emmett Till was my George Floyd. Though I may not be here with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe. Now it is your turn to let freedom ring.
2: Michelle Miller joins us now. And when he says now it's your turn, he was really trying to inspire the next generation. That's right, Nora. CBS News has learned that in the
4: last month of his life, the congressman was very busy uh, making phone calls, writing letters. I've read them to activists in the Black Lives Matter movement, the women's rights movement, telling them, pick up the torch. It's now your turn to carry
2: the mantle. That just gave me the chills (laughs) too, Michelle Miller. Thank you. And now to the coronavirus, where tonight deaths are rising in at least 17 states. One day this week, there was a death nearly every minute. CBS's David Begno reports from Florida tonight, where the death toll has broken records for three days straight. And now it looks like a hurricane is moving in.
7: The horrifying toll of coronavirus and the number of people who don't survive is soaring. For a third day in a row, Florida shattered its record for coronavirus deaths in a single day. This chart shows a stunning trend. Deaths are skyrocketing. In the U.S., more than 1,400 new deaths were reported on Wednesday. That's about one death every minute. Texas is now the latest state to surpass New York in total COVID cases. And they joined other hotspots, such as California and Florida, Florida. The virus is also hitting Louisiana hard. That state is now leading the country in per capita cases. Why is Louisiana in that position?
2: People are not
7: listening to the scientists, listening to the public health experts and are not putting on masks. That's adding to the debate over when and how to reopen schools. There's word today that infected children may carry 100 times the virus. It's still unclear how much virus they have and how infectious they are. We have no good options for reopening schools. Uh, certainly the level of transmission in the community is the most important factor. Meanwhile, baseball could be running out of options. Today, the Philadelphia Phillies announced two staff members are infected. They canceled all home games until further notice. Those cases come in stark contrast to the NBA. No one has tested positive since those teams entered what's called a Florida bubble, where extra precautions are taken. Sidelines will have plexiglass. Referee whistles will have cloth coverings. There is some promising news tonight on the race for a vaccine. Johnson & Johnson revealed that a clinical trial of their vaccine showed it prevented monkeys from getting the virus after exposure. And new research from the Mayo Clinic shows that vaccines for other diseases may actually reduce the risk of COVID-19. And one more sign of hope from survivors. The first COVID patients to receive a double lung transplant spoke today.
6: I just hope the a lot of things for granted. That you look
1: back now and say, wow.
7: Back here in Florida, the COVID-19 testing sites statewide that are run by the state and the federal government are being closed. In fact, they're being torn down right now because there's a storm on the way. east ice, it's a tropical storm headed toward Florida. Could be a hurricane by tomorrow. As of now, the projection is the east coast of Florida will be affected, Nora, but it could make landfall here as early as Saturday.
2: A double whammy. David Begno. thank you. Herman Kane, the one-time presidential hopeful and former pizza company CEO, died today here in Atlanta after battling coronavirus. Kane, who was co-chair of Black Voices for Trump, attended the president's rally last month in Tulsa, though it's unclear if he was infected there. We've got more now from CBS's Nancy Cordes.
3: It's called the nine nine,
1: nine plan.
8: Businessman turned politician Herman Kane survived stage four colon cancer, only to succumb to coronavirus after a month long battle. An avid Trump supporter, he attended the president's Tulsa rally in June and like most of the crowd did not wear a mask. He tested positive for COVID nine days later. Shucky Kane was known for his catchphrases.
3: Shucky shucky, Ducky kind of crowd.
8: And for his exuberance. He was CEO of Godfather's Pizza and chaired the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City. 999. When he entered politics, he became the GOP presidential frontrunner in 2012 before sexual harassment allegations ended his campaign.
1: Obviously, a man of great energy.
8: The eventual Uh, nominee, Mitt Romney, paid tribute to Kane today.
1: When he reaches St. Peter's Gate, I expect the first words to come out of his mouth will be 999.
8: Those close to Kane say that it's unclear where he contracted the virus and that he made a series of trips last month. President Trump called him an American patriot and a great friend. Herman Cain was 74,
2: Nora. Nancy Cordes, thank you. We turn now to that tweet from President Trump today, raising the possibility of putting off the November elections, even though only Congress has that power. Well, tonight, leaders of the president's own party are rejecting the idea. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy.
6: President Trump's stunning suggestion that the election be delayed... Comes as he's trailing badly in the polls, and at the same time, the nation's GDP reached a historic low. In a remarkable tweet, he made the unfounded claim that mail in voting will make the election the most inaccurate and fraudulent in history, and suggested a delay until people can properly, securely, and safely vote.
0: I don't want to delay. I want to have the election. But I also don't want to have to wait for three months and then find out that the ballots are all missing. And the election doesn't mean anything.
6: The president has no power to delay an election. The Constitution says only Congress can change the date. And mail-in voter fraud, repeatedly cited by Mr. Trump, is extremely rare. Today, the top Republicans in Congress rebuked the idea.
3: We'll cope with whatever the situation is and have the election on November 3rd as already scheduled.
0: Never in the history of the
1: federal elections have we ever not held an election. And we should go forward with our election.
6: In April, former Vice President Joe Biden predicted the president would try to move the election. The president's tweet came as John Lewis, a man who spent his life fighting for voting rights, was laid to rest. Democratic Representative James Clyburn, a longtime friend, called the president's suggestion of a delayed election the most despicable affront to Lewis's memory and legacy. Despite questioning the safety of holding an election during coronavirus, the president continues to push for schools to reopen, saying there
0: isn't much risk to children. The younger, the better. Amazing. The immune system for children, the lower they are in age, the lower the risk.
6: The president was asked during that briefing tonight if given the outbreaks of coronavirus and Major League Baseball, can he really assure people that schools will be safe? The president responded by saying... Can you assure anybody of anything? Nora.
2: Ben Tracy from the White House tonight. Thank you, Ben. Coronavirus hasn't only taken a toll on America's health. It's now devastating our economy. We learned today the economy contracted at a record-setting amount, worse than the Great Depression, wiping out five years of growth and stunning experts. This, as we learned that for the 19th straight week, more than a million people filed unemployment claims. Here's CBS's Adriana Diaz.
5: I'm 101. New unemployment claims rose for the second week in a row, increasing concerns the economy's reversing course as the coronavirus continues to spread. The numbers that
8: we saw in May and June showed businesses bringing people back to work. Then the virus flared up in a dramatic way in the South and the West, and economic activity started to stall out. That stall is evident
5: in today's historic drop in gross domestic product. The economy shrank a record 9.5 percent in the second quarter, sidelining millions of Americans. In California alone, there's a backlog of about one million unemployment claims. In Philadelphia... Kate Payne lost her hotel housekeeping job. And with the extra $600 a week in federal relief ending tomorrow, she's worried about her mortgage.
4: I hope that the government realizes that we are hardworking people. We were taxpayers. We paid their salary. And now that we're out of work, they
5: should pay our salary. Without fans in the stands, 1.3 million sports industry workers are out of jobs. Cold beer here. Like Joe Alleman, who sold beer at Chicago Cubs games for 38 years. For someone all of a sudden telling you, gone. It's incredible.
3: I pray to the Lord, everything is gonna be okay, but it's not gonna be easy.
5: Adriana Diaz, CBS News, Chicago.
2: Breaking news tonight. Tropical storm Isaias, yes, it's tough to pronounce, is expected to become a hurricane by tomorrow night as it barrels toward southeast Florida. The storm lashed Puerto Rico with 60-mile-per-hour winds and heavy rains and also did damage in the Dominican Republic and Haiti. It's now expected to gain strength and possibly make landfall on the Florida peninsula perhaps as early as Saturday. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is resting in a New York hospital after undergoing a minimally invasive non-surgical procedure on a bile duct stent she received last year. Ginsburg, who is 87 years old, is expected to be released by the end of the week. Tonight, John Lewis was laid to rest next to his wife Lillian, who died in 2012. And on a night that we honor a man who taught us so much about the power of love, A look back at how the couple lived it for more than four decades. For 44 years, John Lewis had a strong presence at his side, his wife Lillian. Though it may not have been love at first sight, says Zernona Clayton, who introduced them. I asked her, what
3: did she think of John? She said, I guess he's all right. Well, that wasn't good enough for me. I
2: said, i got to work on this one. When they met, John Lewis was already a civil rights icon, having led hundreds of protesters over the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma a few years earlier. Lillian Miles was a college librarian who served in the Peace Corps in Nigeria. But from their first meeting, John knew she shared his passion.
3: She was a strong defender of the movement. and I guess that sort of warmed me toward
5: her.
2: Former UN ambassador Andrew Young was a longtime friend. He was a country
5: boy from Troy, Alabama. And she was a sophisticated belle from Los Angeles. She was a Hollywood chick. (laughs) And yet she and John hit it off perfectly.
2: In his memoir, John Lewis wrote that when he decided to run for office, Lillian was his chief advisor in on every major decision I made. She got in there and became his best defender his best ally, his best supporter and would jump on people if they had critical things to say about John. Lillian died in 2012 on New Year's Eve, 45 years to the day that she met her husband.
5: I think he's he's ready to go see Lillian again.
2: John and Lillian's first home was a small home here in Atlanta and they never moved away. Tonight, they are reunited for eternity. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman's on the road with a generous millionaire and the big changes he's making in people's lives. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Atlanta. The end of six days of tributes to civil rights hero, but not the end of his life's work. We'll see you tomorrow night from Washington. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.
7: Hi, it's Stephen Colbert.